everybody. Good afternoon. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Welcome to Live from Rabs from inside the one and only Rabs Country Lanes. The one and only. Uh, I know I didn't make my... Nazareth asked me a question before we went live, and I didn't answer. Now I'm assuming that me not answering her, she understood that that was a no. So no, yes. I didn't. Actually, funny you bring that up. That is a male trait. That is something that drove me nuts for years with my husband until I, I, I understood man speak. That if you ask a man a question and he doesn't answer you, that means no. Uh, okay. I mean, I, I was in the middle of something, so I was thinking. Okay. But yes. But yes. In general, that means no. Uh, so. Uh, oh, yeah. So much for formal Friday. Yeah, we didn't embrace it this week, this Friday. <laughs> you know, we, we're a little, uh, I think we didn't embrace formal Friday today, uh, mainly because we might be on strike. Today, we should be out at the golf course. And maybe this weather is, is a sign that. I don't know. This is like pretty much almost every day, every golf outing that we've had. The weather held out. Uh, until the end. Till right before we would go in. And when we when everybody would come off the horse, it would start to rain. Uh, yeah, she was woman-splaining. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if that, that might have been mansplaining. That is definitely a guy thing. So, uh. Thanks for tuning in with us. We would have loved to have been tuning in from the golf course and having our annual golf outing, which was one of the best events uh, that we look forward to every year. We absolutely uh, do. So while we won't have a golf outing here in 2020, we know that uh, May 7th, 2021, we'll be here before we know it. So mark your calendars, May 7th, 2021. It's so weird to say 2021. 2020, and you know what? It's years almost halfway over. Well, it's still March, though. I know. It's March 80th. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever day today is March. Yeah, March. Yeah, that makes sense. March 80th. Uh, so, hey, we got a good show for us today. I I have to share this. And so, uh, <laughs> for those that watch every day, uh, you get to see a little bit of, of the opening here, and you never know what's going to happen. And uh, I've unmuted early just to see if you could capture something that may be happening behind scenes. Yesterday. You, you, you never tell me this. No, no, no. Well, it started when you were singing the one day and then we didn't capture it. So we would have loved to have people have heard you sing and whatever it was. And then not even me. Uh, however, yesterday, I didn't know I did this. So apparently I must have unmuted us. And I have to show this because I think this is absolutely hilarious. I discovered this um, this morning. So this is yesterday. So this is yesterday's live stream, and I want you to listen carefully. I'm going to replay the opening, uh, and just just listen carefully. <laughs> uh, so I don't know if any of you caught that yesterday. Uh, I, I, I'm going to do it again. Oh, come on, Frank. Wait for it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh -huh. And it 
wasn't even it wasn't even a whispered it wasn't whispered i was i would whatever, whatever i can't even remember what i was talking about i know we were talking about the opening being short uh yeah, but that was during the opening so i don't even know what I it was know, i'm not i i might have just been nobody called us out on that yesterday so that means <laughs> nobody was paying attention in the first 20 seconds of our opening, which I think is great. So now, if you didn't hear it yesterday, you got to hear Naz say uh, what she said live on the air uh, in the background. It really what well, it was live, but it was really, uh, <laughs> anyway. And uh, Todd Bavona made sure to tell us that. Gosh, that opening is awesome. Well, thank you and to right. Mike uh, Gotham <laughs> Trinity <laughs> for putting Thanks, that Todd. together for us. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you know, you never, you just never know what's going to happen. That's why we, that's how we keep it real. We keep it real. <laughs> that is so true. Uh, that is so true. And you know, because we get to keep it real, I want to share the meme of the day now. Oh, okay. Before, Come on, let's get it going. The meme of the day. So I thought this was funny. It's a follow up <laughs> from yesterday's conversation. That's something I've never had. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> so six feet is the social distancing guidelines, but for people that put pineapple on their pizza, uh, it's a little more. It's a little more. So, uh, have you ever had that? No, I wouldn't. Why would I put pineapple on my pizza? I don't know. That don't Hawaiian know. pizza thing looks disgusting. It's I'm not judging. If you like it, good. Good for you. Yeah, Enjoy. It just it. looks different. I I I don't judge people if uh, if that's something they like. I just asked if you ever had it. No, have you? No, I haven't. You said that. I just, I don't know. If anybody likes pine, if pineapple on their pizza, please share. I, and I like sweet. Don't get me wrong. I like sweet, savory. I, I think I, you would think that's something I would like. And no, you would think definitely not. Definitely not well, a fan. It's a of, mix. It's a mix of two foods that you feel don't belong together. Well, because usually it has the ham and right. Yeah, it's got yeah. other stuff on it. Yeah. Right. And I love like. Oh, see, of Debbie, course you do. Right on it. Debbie, and so in Scotland, they really like pineapple on their pizza. Uh, here in New York, I mean, they do it. But, but oh. It's a, different, it's a different thing. And for anybody that watches, uh, so Todd is also sharing, and if they if you watch Breakfast with Gloomy and one yes, of their live shows. they talk a lot about pizza. They talk a lot about pizza, and they all concur, no pineapple on pizza. I mean, if just in case you wanted some experts. So Mike Bloomfield, Todd Bravona, Massimo Dodonna all agree, no Pineapple on pizza. Well, just because they don't like it doesn't mean somebody that's else. That's right. Does. Well, that's why I was being funny. Uh, pineapple with spicy chicken, red onion, and peppers. I'd like all of that, just not on pizza. <laughs> just put that in a plate and I'll enjoy it. That's all right. That's all right. right. So, so what, it, what was on your dinner table last night, Naz? Because you usually, sometimes we have the conversation here, and by the time you get home. Yeah, and again, things. Plans got changed, so uh, we had to change our microwave because my microwave uh, conked out. And uh, I was like, okay, so I go, I, we pick it up at the store, and uh, I'm like, ah, it's so easy. I YouTube the video on how to put it up. You were excited yesterday about just YouTubing and taking out the microwave, the built-in microwave. Oh, yeah, because I had done that already, right. and it was it was super simple. So, uh, yeah, it was all ready. And um, so the first thing that happened was uh, the bolts that attach it from the top were not long enough to reach down. So after we came back to the, from the store, we had to run to the hardware store and get longer bolts. 
I should have, Jim. <laughs> You're right. I should have come here. So then I got home and uh, we got all the holes marked and the holes lined up from the previous one. It was all good. And then we went to drill the holes in the back wall and um, I had two drills that we couldn't get the bit out of. <laughs> and then the other drill, the bit wouldn't fit in. So uh, after I wanted to slam all three of them into the ground into pieces, because I'm not really patient. When I start a project, I wanted to get it done. Shocker. Yeah. So after I futzed around with that for about an hour, I said, yeah, I'm not, because we were going to grill. I was going to grill. Right. By that time, I was stressed out. Uh, so yeah. So I ordered pizza. <laughs> so after all that pizza talk, you had to order pizza. After all that pizza talk, I had pizza. Um, what, where'd you, where, now, where did you? Here, seventy six is my go-to place. Yes, I love their pizza. Their pizza is good. Their pizza is yeah. good. And they even have they have nice salads there. Ray usually gets a nice steak and tomato salad that we split. And uh, so yeah, we like the food from there. And just in general, it's and nice. I like the pizza. That so their their other concept, Molo, which which didn't pan out. Right. Um, they changed it a little bit. The pizza is basically the same, but a little bit right, a different flair. Right. And I, the pizza was great there too. Yeah. Uh, yep. But their pizza is great. It's hard to have multiple places. Oh, I it's, agree. It's hard, you know, because if you have one place, you have control over that place. And now you open up another place and now it's, it's almost like you're splitting yourself and, you know, it's hard to control the, yes, yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's and when difficult. it comes to pizza and, um, the ovens do make a difference, and so uh, for a great example, when we when Gennaro's took took over here, right. uh, we brought we brought Jerry in, and uh, we the recipe is exactly the same. Right. However, it, I grew up on Gennaro's pizza, Gennaro's right. and Nunzio's, which is down the block in Grand yes. City, and uh, I still love that pizza. I haven't uh, had but Nunzio's it's a different year. Oh, it's so good, uh, but it's a different. It's just different. It's different. Yeah. I will tell you, Gennaro's and Newdorp and our pizza, while both good, were definitely different. Different. And it, it, it is definitely to the ovens uh, and certainly the, the stone. Uh, Naz, uh, important question. It, no, that was, that was. Did you indulge in some wine after that <laughs> experience? Uh, after the experience with my pizza, yes, I did. Okay. Yes, I did. It goes without saying. Yes, not a lot. Just a nice glass <laughs> to soothe the nerves. It's and, fine. Uh, it's okay. It was good. Everything was good after that. <laughs> I just, I just, of course, now the big box. Is so where in the is everything now? Of my, in the middle of my kitchen, and uh, so that's uh, where it is. And the hardware is up in the up in the cabinet, so nobody can move it because my mom likes to come down and put what? things away. I think we all do that, though. I think we all have our thing at times when we're working on something, and then somebody comes by, and and I've I know I've done it to some, to my mother. I've done it, and then they do it to me. You know, it's totally unintentional. Now, who's calling me? Right it's not really that important. I mean. Uh, <laughs> so Anne says she misses our pizza, and it was very interesting and helpful. So Anne, uh, where have you been ordering pizza, and where have you been ordering pizza from? That would be a good question. I'd like to, I know I'd like we to. know she uh, likes to indulge. She indulges in our pizza multiple times a week, uh, and even her son pointed it out last week when we were talking uh, that he misses the pizza too. Anyway, we can talk about all day about pizza, but it's not really about pizza today. Today we have a, a special guest, uh, the one and only, uh, and I call him Uncle John. I've known him since he's my, probably got a lot of nieces and nephews. He does uh, grandchildren <laughs> at this point, but he has a lot too. of nieces <laughs> and nephews. Uncle John, how are you? 
great. This is really so cool. I'm really proud of you guys. And I have to say, I'm proud of you for being able to get on here with no problem. Oh, yeah. Very easy. (laughs) (laughs) My uh, technical support was abusing me earlier. So. I did get I did get a couple pictures that I'm not going to share, <laughs> but your son did share them in the social space for everybody else to see. I do know that. <laughs> so if anybody's friends with Joe Espino on Facebook, you will see that the technical support uh, had to come in and, and help John get get set up. Well, uh, John, the one and only John Espino. So uh, for those of you who don't know, and I many of you do know your bowlers, John is the proprietor of Maple Lanes. Uh, which they currently operate five bowling centers in the country. And uh, he's also the chairman of the Bowlers to Veterans Link, which, you know, John, I didn't, I'd like to say this was on purpose, but today uh, we we celebrated the 75th anniversary of the end of World War II in Europe. And uh, I this morning, some pomp and circumstance at 1230, there was a flyover in, in, in DC, which I thought was, was really cool. So. I'm sure they're very happy about the flyovers <laughs> as much as we like them here. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's no, cool. we re- we're really a little nervous about the flyovers. Well, it depends on the flyovers we're, we're nervous about. Well, okay. <laughs> Are they looking for you? No, no. I'm <laughs> they look awfully close. Yeah, yeah. I'm awfully yeah. close. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. said that they were doing commercial airliner flyovers. JetBlue oh, was right. going to do they the were, commercial right. airliner. So the the Blue Angels, you can understand. They're kind of you, you kind of get that. But the commercial airplanes, yeah, no. for, yeah, I don't think we need that. But yeah, that's it's a nice ceremony and and uh, something to celebrate. So perfect fitting for uh, yes, having you is. with us today. So thanks for, for joining us. Uh, how are you holding up uh, during all of this? Well, I've been uh, secluded since early March. I, I made a decision that I would get away from it all. So I've been held up, hold up here at home. My wife and I have been uh, doing great together. We live on four levels, so that comes in handy. <laughs> and, uh, we're managing, you know, like everyone else. I'm concerned for, you know, my first concern is all about family safety. And then uh, my heart breaks for all our employees. You know, we have, uh, to your point earlier, Naz about a Naz about um, multiple locations. It really comes down to people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When you when you have people that some of my employees have been with me more than forty years. You know, you ask Michael Bloomfield, who's who I knew at birth. Uh, if you would have told me that his dad would last more than 40 years with us, would call me regularly being semi-retired and is involved in every project that we do from that day way back when to this day, you know, you could have knocked me over. But it comes down to people. So my, my real concern is yeah. have have our people wound up on unemployment which they all have, and and with the government, the U.S. government part of it, they're all doing okay. Then their health is important, and that's, you know, that's a primary concern. So you know, you 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 worry about everyone, and you worry about yourself. And and what you're doing is great because you're communicating with people, and you're out, you you're there reaching out, and I think it's great. Yeah, we appreciate that. And you, you, I, most people don't realize the the tight knit 
community yeah. within, and we, we talk about this a lot, but the tight-knit community within our centers with our, with our staff, and I mean, they're not our staff, they're really our extended family, that they're, they are part of who we are, and then our customers are the, at the same time yeah. are that extended family. And, and outside of this industry, I don't really think you under, people understand, there are regulars in restaurants, and don't get me wrong, in the restaurants that I frequent that I'm a regular, uh, I, I feel like family and I feel at home, it's not the same to, to, your, to, to the point I, we're, we're making. Yeah, it's not the same yeah, within our bowling centers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you reach out to all, everyone you could touch, you should touch right now, as far away as you are, you know. And I speak to a number of my customers. I speak to as many staff members as I can. I've always avoided Facebook with my staff members. I befriended as many as I could just to make sure they're okay, see if they have any needs. Uh, and you know, work hard to keep that connection going because someday we'll be open and we have to make sure our team is in place. Yeah. And, and staying in touch with them has been, and it's challenging too, because I think that, I think it's awkward for them to not working. And so I know some of them are watching and have been, and we, we're, we're trying to stay in touch. Uh, and as before we know it, we'll be back, we'll be back in action. Uh, so, we, 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 the theme of the show the last few days and even going into Monday has been this Brooklyn connection, the Staten Island Brooklyn connection, where the Guinea Gang Punk, as we call it, connects. It wouldn't happen without the bridge. <laughs> That's right. I actually watched the two pieces of that come together. And I would go to work with my dad every weekend that I could. And we would sit on the side of the Belt Park and we'd look at that bridge as it came together. And, and, you know, there are people that lived in Staten Island before the bridge. My father had cousins that he never saw until that all happened. And, and uh, it's part of my, it's part of one of my memories. Really cool. You know? Yeah. And so Maple, so Maple Lanes was a staple in, in Brooklyn for 50 years. Right. Uh, and something, talk, talk a little bit about uh, building that center. Cause that was, I mean, that's, it's still today. So we all we all know we everybody knows Maple Lanes. It's still referred yeah. to as the Maple Lanes, yeah. uh, even though it's not there today. And and you've left a legacy here in New York City, and you're still here in New York City. You don't you know, with Jib Lanes, uh, but then you had the other center. So, but Maple Lanes really was the was the beginning of yeah. of, of all of this. It's um, you know, I, I I've always given it thought, and and my father is always in my ear one way or the other, just like your dad's in your ear. And the message has always been there's a time to stay and a time to go. And we, we kind of we felt in, in 2013 that it was time to go. But all those years in between, and you got to remember, I was 12 when my father built it. I threw the first ball on September the 7th, 1960, that opened it. And I threw the last ball in 2013 on the same lane that closed it. And there's a book that I should write between those two shots. Yeah. Because it includes thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people. Most of them great. Some of them outlandishly funny. Some of them great on the lanes, bad on the street. And, and a million stories in between. We had somebody who received phone calls. Let's call him Joe Smith. And he'd receive a lot of phone calls, and we never questioned what his phone calls were all about. But then another Joe Smith retired, 
And all of a sudden we see a deep discussion because the second Joe Smith was answering the first Joe Smith's calls. And the discussion was, your name is Jerry. So when Joe Smith got a phone call, Joe Smith number one answered it. And it's, it's Brooklyn, you can't explain it. And I'm a Long Island kid that had to learn about Brooklyn. And it's just, it, it was, I look back at, at all the cool things. Mama's Barrow's first delicatessen was around the block. Um, the neighborhood went from being very Italian to being very everything, especially Hasidic. So where I used to walk to one of my father's employees for Sunday dinner at two o'clock on Sunday, now you walk through two synagogues to get there and it, and Sam Bressy isn't there anymore, you know? So as neighborhoods change, you have to go back to the first thing I said, time to stay, time to go. But the people that, that taught me the business and the people on the lanes taught me the business. They taught me how to treat them. They taught me how to market. They taught me what they'd want to buy. They tell. They taught me what they didn't want. And and you learn a lot. You can't go to Wharton School to learn what I learned on the corner of 16th and 60th. Just in, incomprehensible. Yeah. Yeah. I I I totally I totally agree with that. So uh, one of our hosts, uh, Joe Cow, Joe Calandrillo, tells us that his dad was a fixture there when they first opened. I I I, re I think I have the right Calandrillo. Um, there were so many people. One of the, one of the one of the um, things in those days, bowling center opened. They were open 24 hours, seven days a week. When my father opened it, he had two partners. Each of them took a shift around the clock for an entire year till they felt comfortable to hire staff. Um, with social distancing, I, I had a Zoom meeting with the key people, and I said, you know, in the early days, we would run a boomerang, and the boomerang was at midnight on Friday, and it ended as we got to work on Saturday morning when I was tagging up with my dad. And you go across 12 lanes and you'd re-enter and there were prizes and strike jackpots. And I said to everyone, let's bring that back because we could distance people by just bringing back that memory. Of course, I had to figure out how it would work. So I called Johnny Petragni. I said, tell me from a bowler's point of view. I, I didn't know there was a six strike jackpot and all sorts of other things. But it's funny that you could reach back in the past and you could find something to help you today. Yeah. So. Well, and, and that also you talk about the neighborhoods, right? So when you when you're in a an, such a, a neighbor, densely a true pop, densely yeah. populated neighborhood, yeah. you have a lot of that. And here on Staten Island, we have it in pockets. Right. The North Shore, I feel, has more of that. Right. Uh, as you go south, it's it, it's right. while it's populated, you just don't have the right. that true old school neighborhood feel where people were outside there on their stoops yelling back and forth, like my mother would say right. uh, when they grew up in when they grew up in Brooklyn. Yeah. The stoop is what Brooklyn taught me about. And the stoop is about community. And the stoop is about taking care of your neighbor and and arguing with your friend and playing stoop ball and all that kind of stuff. You know, there's wisdom there. 
Yeah, and today and today we make fun of the people who are always looking out the windows. Yeah. <laughs> they know way too much about business. Where then, and even even growing up in Grant City, we had we we had a nice neighborhood. We all right. knew each other, uh, but it was it wasn't the same same type. But right. at the same time, as you as we move forward, it, it just changed. Yeah. Uh, so your so your dad built that center, right? And so my dad was a house builder, and it's kind of a cool story that he had partners. A neighbor of ours uh, came to my father and said, my brother's making a killing in the bowling business. My dad was a house builder. And actually, the man I'm talking about was our neighbor, but my father built him a house two blocks away. And last year, I bought that house, and I'm going to move there because my father built it, and it has a bowling connection. So it's kind of it's all come full cycle for me. But... Um, Gentleman said to my dad, my brother's making a killing in the bowling alley business in New Jersey. Let's build a bowling alley. And I remember that was probably 1958 or 59. Took a long time to find a piece of property. One of the, one of the sites was going to be on Cross Bay Boulevard. And it, it was like barren at the time, way back when. And they, they chose Bensonhurst over that. And, and a man named Nick Murata, who owned bowling lanes, he owned the Fort Way and Park Circle and one other one, um, had this piece of property and wound up wanting to sell it. And that's where they, that's how it wound up there. And it's, you know, not even two acres. And, you know, it, it has great, it has a great life to it ever since, you know, it's just a great thing. When uh, I, I laugh, when we get complaints that we don't have enough parking here, uh, I think about <laughs> think about that dense neighborhood, the small parking lot with the same amount of lanes. Uh, you know, it's just it's just a way of life here in New York. On that side of Brooklyn, the only bowling center with parking. Yeah, you, you think about it, in those days, you had three star and uh, all the uh, you know million different places. Six blocks away was Jmar, and around the block was Avenue M, and and, you know, none of them had parking. It just, you know, just the way it was. And well, and, and, and then, uh, well, then you talk, but then Jib Lanes at this point in Queens, which you're back to that no parking situation. Yeah, <laughs> it is crazy. It has a little bit of a sign. It's a 48-lane bowling center underground with 50-some-odd columns. And it's busy as could be, you know, thankfully. At least when we're open, it's busy as could be. And uh, it, it is it is what it is. It's the nature of New York City, you know. It's, it's why we have buses and subways. And, and one of the reasons why, as I go back in time, there were two bus lines and a subway right nearby. And, and you know, that we had that and we had a thousand lockers. And, and you know, when people take a... a either a cab or a subway, they're not going to lug their bowling balls. Even in those days, one single Manhattan rubber or an ace ball was heavy to lug. What, so then, so then how, did, how, did the, how did Gil Hodges come to be? So what the next transition well, to another, another bowling center, right? You know how I had love and respect for your father? Yes. It always pays to do the right thing for everyone. My, my father helped the Gil Hodges Lanes people finished their project. Gil Hodges Lanes was on Ralph Avenue, the original one. 
We were, which is in Georgetown, which is in Flatbush. Maple was in Bensonhurst. My father started building after they started building and opened up long before they opened. And Gil Hodges and Dr. Terranova came to Maple when it opened and they spoke to my dad and my dad went over there and showed them how to integrate subcontractors and expedite the job. And it opened, I think, in January or February of 61. And that friendship went all through New York City BPA. And right behind me, if you, I don't think you could see it, I, there's a plaque in the back. And it's Dr. Terranova's honorary membership into BPAA, which is one of my treasures. So we took, dad took care of Doc. And when Gil Hodges died in 72, by 79, Gil Hodges Lanes needed new management. Um, Doc called my dad and they struck the deal and there we were. <laughs> you never, you know, I, I, I had a friend in business who we were doing business with, doesn't matter who he was, but I said to him, always be careful how you treat people on the way up because you might meet them on the way down. Absolutely. So, so um, that guy fell down and my, my father built relationships and taught me how to build relationships. And, and that was Gil Hodges Lanes. That's cool. Uh, you talk about your, your stuff on your walls, which <laughs> I know you have lots of stuff. And that's what we see in the background at the moment is, is not nearly a piece of it. Yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> and if anybody knows John, John uh, has a... Uh, I, I, I guess a newer hobby in the last several years of buying old stuff on eBay. Um, t tell us a little bit about your collection and, and, and the things that you've been, you've been hoarding. I can say, I, I'm, I'm I just, say the things you're hoarding. <laughs> I, I don't even know where to begin, but I, I want to go in my closet here and show you a bowling award. And the bowling award is from my grandfather, my father's father, who died in 1924, his bowling award for a 233, and it has my name on it, because I'm named after him. So we always had that little bit of history and that connection. I've worn it two or three times, but I, I keep it in a safe place. Um, I felt, uh, I, I felt that stuff is getting thrown away that shouldn't get thrown away. And I started with buying bowling, uh, advertising featuring bowling, 7-Up, Coca-Cola ads, and I'd frame them and I'd put them around. And from that, I found some trophies online that were really beautiful. And remember, you always go back to your childhood. There was a tournament whose finals were in the, the middle of Madison Square Garden, where Brunswick would build two lanes and bowling centers would have qualifying rounds. And each bowling center had a big urn, a big beer stein, like a 14 inch, 18 inch beer stein. And it said the Rupert Brunswick tournament. And I remember that Shirley Gomes and Billy G won that tournament and did an exhibition at Maple where we always had on displays these beer steins. So I went online and I bought a bunch of those beer steins that were still out there. 
and I put them on display. And then I then people would send me things. So before you know it, I had a showcase full of stuff. And then I bought some more things. Um, I have a bowling license for a two or four lane bowling alley in New York City from 1903. It's like one of my treasures. And it had nothing to do with me, but it had to do with the history of bowling. And then we go to the Hall of Fame auctions during Bowl, Bowl Expo. And I love those newel posts, the, that, the wooden ball return that, that are, well, I, had, I bought one two weeks ago and I'm refinishing it in the basement because I wanted a project to do while I'm home. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fun with that. Then all of a sudden people bring me things. It's amazing what people have brought me. And sometimes you get lucky. I have, I'm looking at your nice settee area. You know that Rockville Center is very tight. It's a 34 lane place and the corners are tight. Yeah. I bought wooden Brunswick maple wooden uh, settees. I probably have 12 lanes worth and I'm gonna strip them down. I'm gonna rehouse them. I put one out like a park bench. People love it because people love the past. Um, my real treasure is a mural that was at Maple's um, bar from the day we opened to the day we closed. And it's a picture of the view of Manhattan from Brooklyn, 1960. And if you look, the lower part of Manhattan is barren, there's the Brooklyn Bridge, and then you see the Empire State Building. And, and just like you have those nice masking units, we wanted to replace our masking units and make them personal. So in the summer of 2001, just before we were about to get new lanes, uh, I brought a photographer in and we decided that we wouldn't use that mural as our backdrop for masking units because the World Trade Center wasn't in it. And I look at that picture, I look at that, and, and what I did is when that always stuck with me, all right? So when we left, when we left no jackhammering, I'm talking. <laughs> when, when we left, I rolled up that mural. Barry took care of that for me. We kept it nice. Uh, my father complained that it was 600 bucks in 1960. It, it, the designer, the designer, it's 11 feet long and four feet high. The designer picked every color that was in the bowling center. There was maple leaves in the rugs and appellets on the walls and different colors. And they, well, I spent six thousand dollars to have it restored by an art art restorer who usually works for the Met. And he said to me as he's putting this thing back on our wall in Rockville Center, he said, this is the best job I've ever had. Those museums are so stuffy. This place is great. It's full of people and fun. And, uh, and there's our mural, which is part of our history. So I'll just go in the lounge and look at it now and just say, I remember that. That's and cool. all the people that I was with in front of that. And it's kind of cool. So it must be a it must be a nice feeling to know that uh, you had a business that when people say the name Maple Lanes, they don't just think of a building. It kind of evokes a feeling of 
memories and people and families. And so that's, that's, has to be a, a, a great feeling as a business owner. Um, do you remember Carol Schwartz who worked for me? Yeah. Wonderful, you know, long gone. She said, we're just like cheers where everyone knows your name. <laughs> and when, when someone says that to me, you, you, you can't make it up. It's, it's everyone knew everyone. Uh, it, it's not a lot. It was not a large 48 lane bowling center. It was only a 36,000 square foot building. So we couldn't do the lanes like you did. You have 48 in a row. We would have had 40. So they, they crammed 48 lanes in a little box. So it was very intimate. The snack bar to this day, people will come to me and say, I knew having a maple special. <laughs> three horseshoe snack bars, uh, three horseshoe bays, and 11 seats at each bay. And I still have those bays. You never know when you're going to need a bay, right? Um, and it, it, it lent itself to camaraderie and friendships and arguments. And you two are too young, but when it opened, there was a there was a soap opera at night called Peyton Place, where not only did everyone know their name, but everyone knew everyone's significant others. <laughs> so besides being Brooklyn's friendliest lanes, which is was which is odd board, they also named it Peyton Lanes. So it was a lot of that. <laughs> I was too young. Uh, I mean, that's that's most bowling centers around the, around yeah, the country. Yeah. <laughs> so when, we closed, when we closed, I made made sure I took the mural. There was a window from the outside of the snack bar to the kitchen, just a cutout, and above that was a silver dollar that the milkman gave my father before we opened, and I have that silver dollar, and I have the clock that was over the desk that my grandmother gave to my parents when it opened. And I have these little maple leaf epaulets carved out of wood that I will find a place for. And, and there's always a future in the past. You always learn, you, you could always use what, you've, what you learned earlier and apply it in a contemporary, contemporary way today. You know, what, what put us on the map was the way we promoted daytime league bowling. Long before women went back to work, we had a telephone room. And in the beginning, we just had one bowling center. We had three or four people calling as we grew. And at one point, we had three bowling centers in Brooklyn. We had a room with 12 telephone operators. We called from one end of Brooklyn to the other, and we'd invite women in to learn to bowl lessons. Would Tuesday be good for you, Matt and Naz, or would Wednesday be better? And we never forgot that introducing the great sport to people would benefit not only them, but benefit us. You see, there's personal benefits in what we do. People do it because they really like it. People do it because they get joy out of it. They, you put multi-generations on a lane, and they're having good, clean fun and competition and whatever, whatever they want to make out of it, they make out of it. Yep. So it, it, there's so much to it. I've seen four generations on a lane, great-grandmother to a little kid. And, and I, I've loved 
that people embraced what we were selling them. And it was so easy. We'd get 150, 200 people, women in a class at a time. And, and it, it was phenomenal. And from that, we put 60 women in a, in a league and 50 women in a league. And, you know, I'm with you, Naz, when you talk about men don't listen. Sometimes they do because mom's in charge, at least in those days when there was a mom and a dad. Um, if mom said we're going to go join a mixed league, they did. And when mom said you should join the junior league, those kids did. So we wound up building relationships, some of which you're enjoying now, frankly, and, uh, are people that we took out of those apartments and we, we got them on the lanes. I did a seminar for the California Boeing proprietors once, and I brought a cross directory. And a cross directory is is phone numbers by addresses, right? So you you take an apartment building and you knew every phone number in that apartment building, and we would have leagues for that apartment building, and and it was like really cool. And you could see the ethnicity of the building by the names on the phone list, and and that's how we did. It. Went block by block right across Brooklyn and back and forth. Yep. Yep. And the beauty, and I'm going to go back to a memory, and um, uh, uh, Charlie Venable, do you know who that is? Oh, absolutely, yes. Charlie Venable, just by, you know, he just happened to be black, but, but that area was very white. And that area was near 18th Avenue when there was a lot of disturbance about that. And there Charlie was inside our building teaching hundreds of women how to bowl as other nonsense was going on on 18th Avenue. And it just shows you how bowling brings people together because you, you get together for a common purpose and you do things collectively. And sometimes as a team, you have you have a, a mutual goal. I want you as a coach, Nance, you know, I've watched you uh, instill that into those, those great female bowlers that you coach. Well, you know? Charlie Venable was quite, he was quite a guy. He was the best. He was. He yeah. was the best. And I miss him and I, I've always loved him and, and I'm grateful to him. And, and I, he, he, um, he he was gone too soon, but uh, just just uh, I would have wanted him to work for us forever. He never worked for us ever, but you know those are the kind of people. When I talk about people, you want to find the best of the best. Yep. You don't have to be the smartest; they just have to be the best of people. Yeah. And and Charlie's one of those great memories I have. And it's. I'm struggling for the word. I'll remember it after we're done. But the, of course, <laughs> it's, it's just what went on outside and went on what went on inside in Bensonhurst, inside Maple, with two different worlds. And that that doesn't mean there was always peace in our time. But <laughs> I'm separated. I, you know, I, if, me of all people became the bouncer. You know, and they <laughs> they were afraid I'd toss them out, so they they were all right. Hey, where did where did it, uh, yeah uh, where did the name uh, where did Maple Lanes come from? The name Maple Lanes. Well, think about what you were saying about where you, what neighborhood did you live in? Grant something. 
Grant City as a kid, yeah. Okay, well, every every neighborhood in Brooklyn has a, has a name, <clears throat> and, and my mom named it Maple Lanes because my dad and she were driving around. Uh, you know, he'd, he'd work all week. Sometimes he was building a house and building the bowling center, so he'd have to start two jobs. And then on the weekend, he'd drive to Brooklyn to make sure it's still standing. <laughs> so they were driving around, and on the next corner was the public, the Brooklyn Public Library, the Mapleton branch. And my mother said, we're naming it Maple Lanes. My dad's name was Peter. Your, your initials are in the heart of it. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. See, it, it always it, it, it's a, it's it's funny because even uh, today I get it more so today than I did before. You know, when my father was around, people right. knew who, and people don't don't get me wrong, people know who Rab is, but a lot of time, oh, what's what's Rab stand for? Where did right. Rab come from? Right. And uh, I, you know, I tell these stories uh, that it was a nickname, but it, it had, you know, it's got meaning. And so we're in the we're in the time where people go. They still call us country lanes, but it's now transformed into being known as Ramp Raps. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, which is what we've been doing in our rebranding. You know, right. country you, lanes doesn't you, have that meaning to us like it did. You made you created a brand, and it stuck. Yeah. You yeah. want a rap memory before he was a Boeing proprietor? What did he do? He was a pro shop operator, and he ran tournaments. Uh, Teresa is more than forty-four years old. Your dad came to me and wanted to run a midnight to eight tournament. We had this one little child who was infant size, so it was 76 or 77, I think in 76. And your dad came to me and said, I want to do this tournament. We'll have 60 or 70 bowlers. We'll fill your house. And at the end, all you have to do is serve them breakfast. I'll pay you for lineage. So my wife and I worked midnight to eight. Our daughter was in the back office in a porter crib. And then we were making eggs for your father's bowlers. <laughs> I think uh, Ray bowled in that tournament. Yeah, yeah. Say that again. I couldn't. Hear I you. think Ray bowled in that tournament. I'm sure it did. I'm yeah. sure it did. I remember that. That's uh, cool. It's, you know, and different times, right? So you think about uh, you think about what was going on then, and then where we are today. Yeah, yes. uh, operating events like that, and and, and our centers were. We are single center, you know, operators. We, we're in our centers. You know, it's a little different for you as, you know, you're not retired because you're far from retired. But, I mean, at some point, uh, you, you take a step back and you're not doing that. But you know, we, t I think, oh, you, you work a few days a week. You own a business. This is a seven-day-a-week yeah. job, 24-7. Yeah. Uh, and it's, we, it, people take that for granted. So it's, it's cool when you have those stories. We were cooking breakfast with those people because, hey, that's what we did. That's what we did, right? Right. I want to transition a little bit. Yeah, so I want to talk about uh, BVL. And so something that, uh, so the Bowlers to Veterans Link has been around a long time. And uh, you, are, you are now the, chair, the chairman, which you've done for several years now. Uh, talk a little bit about BVL, what BVL does. And I have to, you know, you text me and I didn't see that announcement yesterday till after. Uh, you guys had a, an amazing announcement yesterday too. So uh, raising millions of dollars every year. And uh, talk a little about what BVL does. Well, what BVL does, we'll, we'll take its, um, its the line that we use after BVL, we brighten veterans' lives. And it's it's been going on since World War II. And, and you, you talk about that generation that was called the, the greatest generation for a reason. Um, it started by women bowlers buying medical transport planes, 
that brought wounded soldiers to hospitals from the fields. Uh, so the, the women went and bought planes. The men bowlers had 400,000 decks of cards printed and distributed to the front line. I have one in the closet also. So I buy some of those when I see them. Um, and, and what when, when you come all these years and you learn about PTSD, and, and that, that's always been there, it just didn't have initials. And what, what BVL does is try to ease the pain of those who suffer like that. And and um, long before me, I mean, we've raised 50 million bucks. I've been on the board, I guess, since 2012. Um, my son developed this tournament and it all came from 9-11. When 9-11 happened, and, and you probably had effects of it, that dust ball ran over our bowling center and papers fell down and we were all stunned and we lost some bowlers and bowlers lost some family and it, and it impacted me. And, and I felt that from our company perspective, we need to step up and do what's right for our community. Remember that stoop, right? The stoop is the neighborhood and the community is the community and the community we serve is, is, is important. I'm going to get up one second because there's a reason. Thank God you have pants on today. <laughs> so here's a picture. And this is, let me get it where you could see it. This is a picture of us presenting the fire department and the police department. And this is how you create a memory. Okay, that's a two cent picture in a 12 buck frame. And we gave the local fire department and the local police department uh, a, a maple leaf trophy. And we said, in all the years we're here, we've never said thank you to you. And that kind of started us wanting to get involved. Joe and Joe grabbed the Miller doubles format and began running in-center qualifying and multi-center roll-off, which is a benefit of having multiple locations. We all, all the winners got to bowl free one afternoon for a tournament where they won a, a trip to Bowl Expo, which for some people was great. You know, you go to, you get three or four days free in wherever it is, in Nashville or in Vegas. So our bowlers, just like you created a brand, we created an activity that people wanted to participate in. And as the years went on, it went from $20,000 to $30,000. Last year, uh, the last three or four years, we tied the PBA 50 in it, named it for Johnny Petraglia because of our personal connection with him and, and the fact that he's a Vietnam veteran and a PBA member. And we put all those things together. And last year, we raised $70,000 of, wow. of the million. And trust me, five dollars a pop or two dollars a pop, and there's lots of entries. We uh, company wide, I think we had five thousand entries, and then we create an event, and the event has ways of making money, and then we ask sponsors for money, and we try to give value and try to sell the fact that this little bowling company is trying to do the right thing for their neighbors, for the first responders. I love first responders and there's such, there's such a to what's going on today 
and those people who fought for our country because they're all first responders. They run into danger while you and I might run away from danger. So that's how my heart got involved with BVL. I just understood the bowling industry. I've been around forever. I was BPA president. How, Francis, how old are you? Oh, uh, 33. You, I, you were five when I was BPAA president. Yeah. I even have, it's funny because that magnet, so the, the year that you were president at, at Bowl Expo, I believe was Nashville, that old, that magazine is sitting here up on the table. I got a whole bunch of old magazines. I should have, I should have grabbed it and had it handy, but there's a, you know, handsome, every young John was being there. I can get mine. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I did is I took all those relationships that I built all those years ago. Because I've, I'm, if you go back to that time, it was very, very different. It was every organization was out for themselves, and I wanted one voice for bowling. And that's really, that's, that's really what my goal has always been. We would go and make – I remember being with the Women's Association, the Men's Association, and BPA in Winston-Salem pitching why you should deal with either – either one of the three of us instead of the collective three, meaning the bowling industry. So you take that premise and you put, you, you bring it to BVL and you say, well, why isn't every corner of the industry supporting BVL? Why isn't BVL the only chat? Why should it be the key charity where everybody does something? And that's what I, that's, that was my mission. And, you know, uh, so far, so good. You know, all sorts of people who never got involved are involved. And I don't care if it's $28 from a bowling center or $10,000 from a, a MUVIC member. It doesn't matter to me as long as you're, you're involved, you know. And I'm grateful to everyone who recognizes that the money is well spent. Uh, we don't – we have one employee, a couple of consultants – we run on a 7% overhead, we're honorable, and we do good things in each community. So the money I raised, I make sure it gets spent where my customers see it. So we, we've done St. Albans, VA Hospital, Northport, the Long Island State Home, uh, whole, uh, one of them in Florida. We've done lots of things that people see where the money is, is spent. And it's spent in a way that helps heal and emotionally heal, which brings us to the two programs we just funded. Um, because we've been successful and we haven't granted every dollar, we kept some money aside for a rainy day. We felt it was raining. So there, there's a, and you'll forgive me for not doing the right name. The VA is initiating a program to reach out to veterans who are locked in at home. Think about how difficult it is for us. We didn't fight a war. We don't have demons inside of us that uh, the result of that. So we wanted to support a program that reaches out to, to veterans. So we gave the VA the ability and we fund things. We fund things that aren't in the VA budget and we track it and we know where it's spent and, and all. So this, this initial program reaches out to veterans that are locked in at home to make sure that they're okay.
there's a high suicide rate with, with veterans. We want to knock that down. And if we could make them feel a little bit better, we do it. So I don't know how many volunteers they have, but they're working on it. We came forward. Uh, there's also a yoga component, which is all about stress release. So, uh, you know, that's, I just wanted to make sure that we do something relevant, just like those two medical transport planes. They needed us now, and here we are. We yeah. stepped up. Yeah. And it, it's sad because the veterans are, are, for such a long time, a neglected uh, group of, in need. Yeah. And they really, you know, gave their, some of them gave their lives and sacrificed so much to protect us and all of the all of the things that we have now, all of the freedoms that we have, and uh, some of them are suffering so badly. It's it, it is heartbreaking. I this is a great uh, BVL is a great thing. Thank you. And 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 this uh, sadly uh, yeah. we were uh, because of. You know, in New York, we've been, and I, in New York City, John, uh, you know, you're in Long Island now, so you're so far away. It's a whole nother country. Uh, it's, we call this whatever's happened, this shit happening around us. <laughs> That's what we refer to this, uh, this current pandemic. Time, pandemic and time frame. But because of the pandemic, it put a little damper on our plans. We had a, an event planned for July, uh, and, and that we will, we, we will, uh, push for next, next July. Uh, a rock and bowl event and uh, for BBL. So uh, we're, we were excited to, to get that launched and ready to roll with the partners that we were working with. So uh, next summer, we'll look forward to it. And uh, in the meantime, everyone should take a deep breath and whenever they could help, they could help. And that's, that's, right. that's what it's all about. I grew up, um, I, I, I was deferred for Vietnam. The Vietnam vets came home to a, not a nice welcome very different than the World War II veterans. And Frankie, when you were president, I introduced Mr. Weiss, the World War II veteran. And I never, and I've been on a podium a long time. I've never received a response to an introduction like that. People worship men and women who served, especially in that war. Yeah. And we're, we're finally giving the Vietnam veterans the respect they deserve. You know, and, and I'll say to everyone, you see someone with one of those hats that has their whatever, wherever they serve, just thank them. You know, that's all you need to do. I'll just do a thumbs up and kind of mouth it. Thank you. And they're touched by that. And, yeah. and you know, think about brightening veterans lives. And that's that's if you think about that, you think about serving your community and making your community a better place. BVL is perfect for your business. And, and I, I, I do a couple of quotes. You know, my John Paul quote is about, do not walk through time without leaving worthy evidence of your passage. And you guys do it because you, you even doing this show shows that you're reaching out and you're doing the right thing. And the other quote I do is, is it, it goes like, when your business is associated with something good, it affects your employees, your customers, your shareholders, and and everyone around you. And and that's that's how I want my company to be run, and that's how I want to be remembered. You know, and that's really it's just how you get through it. And it took, you know, I've I've stumbled like everyone else through life, and I've made my mistakes. 
But right now I'm focused on let's tell this story. Let's get bowling the respect that it deserves. Because sometimes when you go outside of our four walls, the outside world doesn't understand it. Yeah. So this is a great story to tell. Very true. Hey, um, and um, if anybody wants to support the efforts of uh, BVL, uh, visit bowlforveterans.org uh, for more information uh, and to drop a donation to uh, to the cause. Uh, you guys are you you, you do great, great work, and great in your work. leadership, you've certainly you've certainly have done some great work. So thank you, uh, John. Appreciate it. Uh, hey, we really appreciate you taking the time with us today. Uh, it's nice to see your face. It you, is nice to And see you your shaved, face. I heard. I shaved and my wife gave me a, a nice short haircut. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was I didn't say it at the beginning of the show, but I was going to say it. I'm glad it, 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 you are alive. And I did see a photo of, of Anita because she hasn't killed you yet. So you guys really <laughs> must be making it work. In the, in that, I'm on four levels. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, too funny. Well, give my best to Anita, please. Thank you. You all stay safe. Whoever's listening, thank you. Please be safe and take this all seriously and and protect yourself and your loved ones. And thank you, Frank and Naz. Give everyone my very best. You're, you're my extended family as well. Absolutely. As we, you are. As you are. As you are to us. We, uh, we certainly appreciate it. And uh, before we know it, we'll all be back to bowling in our bowling centers. Yeah. Let's hope. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, John. Bye-bye. Have a good one. The one and only John Laspina. John Laspina. Thank you, John, again for, for joining us today. Uh, you know, some magic happens here while while we're live. Isn't that incredible? Magic. Just magic. All of a sudden, <laughs> a birthday cake appeared. And birthday hats. And birthday hats. Is, Are we putting them on? I, I, my head might be a little too big. Oh, wait. wait my work. Nope. Wait, wait. We could use it. Can we use these as masks too? Maybe use these as a mask. Oh <laughs> uh, well, it's today. Uh, you know, we have a tradition here at Rabs when it's birth. We always sell. We love to celebrate birthdays. Yep, everybody's and, uh, birthday. Jimmy Kane loves to sell his birthday, celebrate his birthday so much that he has gotten away he's decided he doesn't run away from us anymore no he used to actually make sure he wasn't at work on the day when it was his birthday that was good for like 40 years <laughs> yeah until we decided to truly uh, get it so we bring we have birthday cakes always and so when you get a when you get the hey come to the bar uh, you know that it's your birthday so today happens to be michael's birthday uh michael we have a birthday cake for you here for you Michael, not everybody you, gets their birthday. It's true. Uh, uh, Facebook Live. Well, you know, Naz, this is the second birthday we've had on. Your yes. Business idea needs a website. Really? Yeah. Uh, this is the second birthday that we've had yes, Bob live Lern on the was air. the first one, Mister Three Hundred. Bob Learn was the first birthday, and uh, of course, I pulled up the wrong uh, the wrong birthday song. Um, okay. Do you um, want me to light the candles while you're doing that? Yeah, light the candles. Oh, we don't have the singing candle. This isn't happy birthday. <laughs> oh, it works. It is. There it is. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Michael. Thank oh, don't, don't drop the cake. No, I'm not. I want to say it. actually says happy birthday. P-I-T-O. No. A. I'm sorry. 
What does it say? Pito. No, it says P E T O. Pito. Pito. <laughs> we have a new nickname for him. Pito. Pito. Oh, my little Pito. Michael, happy birthday. Make a wish. Or should I say Pito? Pito. That is <laughs> I thought it would be pizza. So did I. That's yes, I, that's what I thought it said. order Michael's food, it usually comes with the pizza. Maybe that, yeah, no, it looks like an E. We're going wow, to eat this. Oh, we're eating it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's enough cake here for, for, for our little uh, audience here. Michael, how old are you today? 37? He has to think about that. I do. Uh, and, oh, wait, wait, I'm sorry. That wasn't the, the question. The question is, how old are you in Smurf years? <laughs> Maybe 12, he thinks. Uh, and so as Joni just said, because Michael just blew out the candles, it's now a, a COVID cake. <laughs> Leave that to your good friend, Joni Pesolano. I guess I'll be passing on that cake. Bring her a piece later on tonight. Yeah. We'll have to uh, bring, uh, yeah, we should have bring Joni a piece of cake. Uh, well, happy Friday. It's episode 48, Naz. And so tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow is Saturday. And you know what Saturday is, Frank. Saturday here on Live from Ravs is Pro Bowler, Hall of Famer Saturday. And today, and this Saturday is World Champion. World Champion Saturday. World Champion Bowler. Uh, who's with us tomorrow, Naz? Tim Mack. Tim Mack is with us tomorrow. Yesterday we called him Timmy Mack. Today Yesterday called I called him Timmy. Yeah, but yeah, today he's Tim. Uh, our friend Joe Calandrillo comes back into the studio tomorrow uh, with uh, Tim Mack, world champion, PBA champion. I, this cake is still sitting here, and it's not going to get cut here. So I think we should bring this to to appropriately get. Uh, hey, you don't want to come again? No, Fran doesn't. <laughs> Fran came into work today and does not want to. Uh, but she'll send everybody else up. Yeah, Fran. Fran does not. I want to be on camera. So thanks for it's about time Fran came to work. Fran hasn't been to work in a in, in a while. Uh, but she's well, there's been working. not a lot to do. She's been working from she home as she can probably she's, do her work from home. She's teaching her children. Right. She's she's from like home. I said, moms are carrying the load. Yeah. Uh, well it's nice to see you, Fran, without your children. Is it nice to be away from your children yes. today? <laughs> it is. That's what I said. Sometimes <laughs> just a mom wants maybe she just wants to go for a ride. On Sunday for half an hour by yourself. You should. I may, I, I, I may do that. Well, Michael, you're getting lots of happy birthdays. So happy birthday to Michael. Thank you, this is certainly not, not the same. We didn't. We, we should have planned a parade outside of Rabs today. I just. Oh, we could have did a drive by. We could do like the belated drive by birthday parade for, for Michael. Fran, how come we didn't think of this? We should have had a a, a parade on Delaware Avenue for Michael's birthday. All right, so Monday. So if anybody wants to drive by on Monday, no, Monday, Monday, yeah, we'll do. How about how about it? Monday we have a birthday parade for Michael. We're gonna uh, line up uh, outside Delaware Avenue. We'll, we'll, I don't know, but we'll come up with a time and figure this out. But it, I don't think it should be showtime. Might have to be before the show. <laughs> before the show, uh, it can't be too early because otherwise we'll have to get Michael out of bed. Uh, and I'm sure Lori is enjoying the fact that uh, Lori and Stephanie are enjoying the fact that they haven't had to call Michael. Yeah, in the morning. In the to morning get to wake him up. Dad is probably loving it too. She yeah, I, I am. I don't have to get stops on Saturday morning. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're going to plan. So, a birthday parade for Michael on Monday. All right. What time? 12. 12 o'clock. 12 o'clock. 
outside Rab's Country Lanes. We're going to do a parade down Delaware Avenue. We could, oh, we could, you know, we could line up in the parking lot and go around the block. Yeah, you could do it like when we were in school at Halloween, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Mask on and walk around. Uh, go right down to the This thing is, Kevin's Excuse not me. coming on, oh, yeah, me too. Kevin's not coming on Monday because he does his sock draws on Monday. Just, uh, just see, just in case anybody cared. So Monday, 12 o'clock, we're doing a parade for Michael. Anybody wants to join us? You park your car in the lot, and we're gonna we'll, we'll set up right before that. Yeah. Anyway, that's a plan. So tomorrow, we've got Tim Mack on the show. Tim Mack. Sunday is Mother's Day. We're gonna take a nice break. We're gonna take a break. I'm gonna go for a ride. <laughs> that's a good idea. We take take a break. Enjoy your uh, enjoy your Mother's Day. Yeah. Uh, which of course, Happy Mother's Day for anybody watching today that may not watch tomorrow. Which we hope you're watching tomorrow. But Happy Early Mother's Day. Yeah. Uh, but first. Before tomorrow could happen, Naz, it's Friday, and we're inside Rabs, and tonight is bingo night. Hard to imagine. I have to remember to take on my bingo uh, dabbers before I leave. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I, I already, I'm, I'm taking the wine glasses from here. You got some wine glasses <laughs> I'm have inside. proper wine glasses. And uh, yeah. We're gonna have some wine. We're gonna play some bingo, and uh, Kathy, yes. you're, if you're remotely teaching at noon on uh, Monday, send us something that we could uh, give or send to Michael, yeah. or you could send him a text. Just maybe go out in your car and sit there and beep your horn a couple times. Make a video, video of you of beeping it. the horn outside for a there moment. There it is. <laughs> That's a good idea. Uh, so tonight, if you want to join us, the North Shore Rotary Club is hosting virtual bingo, uh, where Christine Dehart and myself will be here inside Rabs. Uh, hosting a bingo game. We'll give away the some cash, Christine. some from prizes at 7 o'clock. So it's not too late if you want to go and sign up, SINorthshorerotary.org backslash bingo. You did it. <laughs> uh, be sure to join us tonight if you want. Uh, anybody that's playing, we look forward to seeing you. You're going to get your bingo cards via email, and it'll be a, it'll be a fun time. Uh, the other, you know, we have to remind people, too, because uh, May 15th is coming. It's right around the corner, people. And while that is the currently the the last day of the pause, and we're going to somewhat get back P -A -U -S -E, to P-A-U-S-E, not P-A-W-S-E. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, we're going to get back to uh, some normalcy, a little bit, whatever that, whatever that is. Uh, but we have our talent show, so we're looking for your talent. We want you to send in your videos, bowlatrabs.com backslash talent. You did two backslashes within 10 minutes it. of I each did other. did it. I've been practicing. Uh, we want you to showcase your talent. We want to be able to showcase your talent. Uh, so you have until May 15th to submit your videos to us. Come on, people. Get those videos in. We've got some great prizes, an elusive trophy, and the voting period open. So your friends and family will get to vote on uh, on the winners. So May 15th is the deadline. Get your videos in. We want to see your talent. You've seen some great talent on this show, and we want to yeah. bring more talent to, to, yeah. Uh, yeah. to our show. Varied stuff. Dancing. Uh, gymnastics, whatever you do, whatever you do. Uh, we, <laughs> oh boy, uh, everyone has to color their hair blue on Monday. That would be funny. Uh, blue Monday. If everybody dyed their hair blue for the drive-by on uh, Monday. Beep your horn. It might not be blue by Monday. Who knows? It's going fast. Yeah, I know. It is, it, it is fading fast. Uh, there goes Jimmy. So no show on Sunday, Naz. Uh, you're going to, I see, all right, I get, we get a, 
and then we can throw him in the back when the when he gets closer to the to the back here. Monday, Naz, 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 Monday. I know you're excited, Naz. Who is going to be on our show? Is Nelson Figgy Figueroa. Nelson Figueroa, SNY uh, Emmy award-winning show analyst uh, previously, uh, ex-Met, and he's going to be joining us to talk some baseball and uh, whatever he feels like talking. Hopefully you have uh, – listen, I know I have sports fans that are going to be out there. We're going to – Joe Cal is trying to shush his uh, schedule for Monday so he can be with us for a little while. So we want those – questions for him yeah this is a chance to get on the inside track find out what goes on in metland and broadcast land and so yeah so get your questions Man, we him. know all about broadcasting what are we going to ask him what can I, we ask about? i actually said to him <laughs> i actually said to him because i was i was trying not to fan girl when i was talking to him but i i said that I, I, he really grew into that role from the time he started Till uh, you know, till his last season there, that he was a he was a really good analyst. And at that at the time he came on, he replaced Bobby Ojeda, and I loved Bobby yeah. Ojeda. And I thought he, I, you know, I thought he was great. And um, but he really, you know, he really grew into that. And I said that, you know, my co-host and I, we, you know, we aspire to be as good as as you guys are. You know, I, I watch and I listen to his podcast and I try to take some tips on how he handles guests and, you know, just, you know. It's easier when it's when you're behind the radio because you can't see you. Yeah, because, yeah, they could be throwing things at each other and shooting rubber bands at each other. Um, we'll but, yeah, they have a they have a great uh, – <laughs> he has a great chemistry with his co-host. But, anyway, it's on hold for now because there's no baseball. So, right. I said uh, – my thing to the post is that's why we need a podcast. People yeah. are dying to talk about sports, so come on, let's get it going. Did we cut the cake? Yes, cut up. The did you guys eat it? For Wait, did she actually get you cake that you could eat? Yeah. Okay. I, we're concerned because sometimes we we forget. Uh, Michael can't eat certain things or doesn't want to eat certain things, and then he. Michael's a very picky eater at times. <laughs> and Monday is episode fifty, so episode fifty. With Figgy. I mean, that's cool. 50 with Figgy. 50 with Figgy. <laughs> I like it. 50 with Figgy. Figgy with an IE. Not a Y. Not a Y. Uh, so we're looking forward to the rest of the, uh, tomorrow. Yep. And then kicking off Monday with Figgy. And then in the upcoming week, we've got a, a bunch of guests. Yeah. Uh, while we always look forward to a weekly check-in on Thursday, Thursday with Pamela Silvestri, and yep. we talk about food, even though we talk about food every day. <laughs> uh, Jessica B. Phillips from Historic Richmond Town will be with us this that week. That should be great. Inter and, that should be interesting. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> so we'll talk to her about it. She at, at Richmond Town, you know, to keep people abreast of what's happening there or what's available when you can go and enjoy the space, she's been doing these one-on-one -on -one videos giving you tours of some of the houses. Oh, really? And she's got some interesting finds. So if you go to the Historic Richmond oh, Town Facebook page or Instagram, yeah. you'll see these videos. Uh, it's this little series that they started in, in quarantine, uh, and they're great. Uh, she's she's there. I, I, it's over I, over a year now, and she's doing a great job. Uh, she's young. She's excited. She's come, come to Historic Richmond Town and uh, – 
they're doing some good work. So she'll be awesome. with us this week. Yeah. And then uh, also Coley Edison. That should be interesting. PBA. So yeah, she. She's get the, your questions ready for her too. Yeah, she's the new chief. I think she's the CEO, CEO I thought. of the Professional Bowler Association. So I know uh, John Barinello, I'm sure, will have, uh, will be able to regale his uh, com previous conversation with her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so thank you, John. And uh, so we're looking forward to a great week. Absolutely a great week yeah. here on Live from Rabs. Uh, like we said, we're here until further notice, which we were extended through May 15th. Uh, and we'll see where that takes us. You never know. You never know. We're technically, we might be technically extended through July 1st. We might. We might be technically or, yes. <laughs> uh, we'll see where life UFN. takes us. UFN. Well, thanks for, for tuning in and watching us today. Uh, oh we're certainly God. looking forward to tomorrow. Uh, and, of course, taking a break on Sunday. Yes. And then nice. getting right back into the action with yeah. episode 50. On, yeah, it's 50. 5-0. We aged really quickly. It feels like it. <laughs> I feel like I've aged that much. Yes. Well, thanks for tuning in. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow. If I get to see you tonight playing bingo, we'll see you then. Uh, thank you, John Laspina, for joining yeah, us today. Yeah, John, that was great. That was you, great. You're great. Uh, we do While we do miss Maple Lanes, we certainly have some great memories. And I always joke... Um, and, and John mentioned it a little bit. We do have we do have this great customer and, and base that comes from Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, extended part of our family that has joined the Rabs family uh, after Maple, Maple Lane's closed. And, uh, you know, we love everybody and we're excited that they yeah. came in and decided to come over. the. And it's a commitment. If you live in Brooklyn, you bowl there for years yeah. uh, to come over the bridge every week to come bowl here. And it's even vice versa. People that grew up there, moved here. Yeah. We're living here and bold, and still, still right. bold. There. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, thank you, John, for for shedding some light on BBL as well. And uh, Naz, you know, we kept it real today. We as did. We always we, do. Yeah, we always keep it real. Because uh, if we if we didn't, uh, what would that what would that mean? That would be we were fake fake news. <laughs> we would be fake news. <laughs> we're not fake news. We're not fake news. Uh, well, uh, until tomorrow. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs>